This episode is sponsored by Canaccord Genuity Wealth Management, experienced wealth planners and investment managers who offer unwavering support in challenging times. Visit CanDoWealth.com for more information. Hello and welcome to Coffee House Shops, the Spectator's daily and sometimes more than daily politics podcast. I'm Isabel Hardman and I'm joined by James Forsyth and Katie Balls. Well, if you missed it because you were trying to get out of the house or having your breakfast or maybe even still asleep, Boris Johnson departed Downing Street at 7.30 this morning. Katie, you were in Downing Street this morning, weren't you? So just tell us about Outside, the... Outside, yeah. I didn't quite make it into the building. <laughs> you, weren't, you weren't lurking behind the door to open it for Boris. But you were there soaking up the atmosphere. Tell us what it was like. Yeah, well, I got trapped in the press pen because of the security. So the lectern came out, Boris Johnson came out, and lots of his supporters were there. So, for example, obviously his wife Carrie, but also his sister Rachel Johnson had come in. And a fairly large group of MPs, some of him now going to be backers of Liz Truss who have been working in her campaign so Therese Coffey I think Wendy Morton who's obviously tipped to be the first conservative female chief whip and looking at the crowd assembled it, it does show that almost there is a thread of continuity between Boris Johnson and Liz Truss in the sense that had Rishi Sunak won we know I think it's been pretty obvious that Boris Johnson would prefer Liz Truss over Rishi Sunak. And also just the fact that there were several politicians who were there to kind of wish a fond farewell to Boris Johnson, who also are going to have prominent roles in Liz Truss's government, I think just just hammer that home. The fact that she has been seen by many as the acceptable option if you're going to ask Boris Johnson. And then in terms of the speech, I think it was classic Boris Johnson. He suggested he was going to disappear. He wished Liz Truss the best, said everyone must get behind the Conservative Party you know, and get behind the new leader. And then he compared himself to Cincinnatus, turning to his plough. Now, I think this, if we're going to go back to ultimately what the story, which obviously he's leaning to his you know, study of classics here. Which he never mentioned. Never, never. Cincinnatus left his plough and returned to power and Rome was in danger um, as a dictator. So... <laughs> So, again, for all the talk of disappearing, it was a classic leaving the door slightly open. James, that bodes well for Liz Truss, doesn't it? I think there is a question, which is, Boris Johnson is not going to shut down this question of a comeback. Now, I mean, there are, there are, there are two possible explanations for this. One is that he genuinely thinks that the prospect of a comeback is a possibility. The second is that he's canny enough to know that if he just leaves that door slightly ajar, there's much more interest in everything else he does and his already very sizable value for public speaking, for media appearances, now that he's left office, will, will be even higher. So, I mean, you can't work that out. I think you also saw, even if it was disguised beneath some humour, his his, his bitterness about being forced out of office when he talked about how they changed the rules on him unexpectedly turning this into a relay race and then I think you saw him kind of rattle through his list of achievements but I think I think it's clear that he is going to be the most active ex-prime minister in living memory and that is by definition I think going to cause some difficulties for Liz Truss especially if her energy bailout plan works if her poll rating is high ultimately the noises off from Boris Johnson will not be an issue if she is in difficulty though they will be far far more of a problem for her now Katie let's move on to Liz Truss who's also on her way to Balmoral in a separate plane to Boris Johnson for security reasons just tell us about the the choreography of the next few hours for for the new prime minister Yes, yeah, so I think as we speak, well, we're in five minutes' time, it's nearly 12 and we're recording this podcast, I think her team will soon have access to Downing Street and we'll be able to start, you know, moving in, um, 
there's been, I think, those who have given Liz Truss plans to slim down Downing Street already. There's been a bit of an exodus, both yesterday and this morning, of those who are no longer required or being moved to a cabinet office. Liz Truss will, of course, meet with the Queen at Balmoral. She will come back. She will give a short speech, we're told. I think those hoping, I think, potentially for a, a huge moving moment or might be mistaken in the sense that those who have seen drafts of it suggest it's going to be not too different from her speech on, on winning the leadership contest. So let's see if that changes through the course of the afternoon. Change is being made to that draft and then she'll give that speech and then of course I think we'll start to hear the official appointments. Now the cabinet appointments are pretty nailed down. I think it's been because this trust has ultimately stopped campaigning for such well, campaign lightly in the second half she has been making lots of plans that they just now need to action but I think we'll start to get those appointments we should have the full cabinet by this evening and then I think junior ministerial appointments will be tomorrow when she also has the prime minister's questions so that's what we expect from her side at which point I should issue an alert that we will have another coffee house shots podcast on the reshuffle later James we're also awaiting details and, and getting quite a few of them sort of trickling through of this energy plan that Truss has been working on, which we're expecting to hear more on on Thursday. Yes, so she pledged in the Laura Koonsberg interview on Sunday that, that this plan will come in the first week, and, it, and it, I think it is now penciled in for Thursday. Now, this is quite a big move from where she was early in the campaign, when she was talking about, you know, no handouts, how she didn't, and kind of criticising the idea of kind of universal support, saying that, you know, it didn't make sense. What she's now talking about is the government essentially freezing the energy price and essentially covering the difference between where the price is frozen and the wholesale price of gas. Now, this is going to be expensive. Bloomberg's Alex Wickham says £130 billion over 18 months. So the big question then becomes, how do you pay for this? Now, one option is that you could put a levy on consumer bills that would pay it back over 10, 20 years. I mean, that's, that is politically risky. It's worth remembering that when Rishi Sunak was Chancellor, he tried to do something similar. And Labour said it was a loan. People were unnerved by it. People thought, oh, well, hang on a second. I'm not sure I want to kind of carry on paying back these higher prices. And so I think, I mean, that, that is a politically difficult option. The other is to fund it out of general taxation. But if you do that, then there's an awful lot of things that are being funded out of general taxation right now. You know, for example, social care, which this trust has said that, you know, she plans to scrap the national insurance by the social care levy. So can you do that too? And so I think we wait to see the precise mechanisms of this. But what I think is clear is this. I mean, there's, I mean, there's something important here, which is a lot of people thought that Liz Truss, you know, oh, a lot of people say, oh, you know, she's coming in, she's going to be a very ideological prime minister. Her, this first policy is a very pragmatic policy. It is essentially saying, right, the market can't sort this out at the moment, because partly because the gas price has been dislocated by, by Russia's invasion of Ukraine, everything like that. And so the state is going to step in and spend a huge amount of money, not money that, you know, look, we haven't seen the preciseness of the plan, but isn't that different from what we're spending on the furlough, for example? And it is, it is a really big intervention. I think it is another reminder that those people who think, oh, it's very predictable what this trust is going to do as Prime Minister, are, are going to be proved wrong. There is going to be a mix of things here, that there are going to be certain issues on which she is prepared to pick ideological arguments. For example, her case, but she doesn't, that she, she isn't bothered by the fact that the national insurance, that cutting, that, that, that reversing national insurance rights benefits the wealthiest people most, because she argues that, look, you know, they pay the most tax, so obviously if you cut taxes, that's the biggest benefit. She, she did on Sunday. She's very much prepared to lean into that argument. But on this energy question, which I mean, you know, is something that could make or break a premiership in its early months, she has gone for a very pragmatic solution. 
Katie, how are Tory MPs feeling about how this plan is shaping up? So I think... The idea of doing a big, bold intervention is being broadly welcomed. Of course, you did have John Redwood back when Keir Starmer was talking about fixing prices. Uh, He was tipped or has been tipped for some role within the Treasury, saying that this was a socialist idea and, and so forth. So it wouldn't please everyone. But I think there is a sense that the bigger concern, I think, speaking to some of Liz Truss's backers, but also many Rishi Sunak backers, was that she would fall short. And actually she would maybe go more on tax cuts, wouldn't rise to the occasion in terms of the scale needed, and would have to come back in a couple of weeks' time and pledge more. And that would set a bad tone for the premiership. So I think the idea of freezing the prices is something which actually there is some agreement or that I think there's some are welcoming I think obviously as to how you pay for it that's when things get more complicated and I had one MP say my constituents don't really care how it's paid for so long as it's dealt with in in the short term but that can change quite quickly and and I, I think it'll be interesting to see how Labour taxes because Liz Truss clearly does not want to go near a windfall tax. I mean, the current windfall tax seems to be in play, but like in terms of extending, she's very clear she won't do that. Now that means that if this does go to, uh, you know, potentially, uh, you can already hear the attack lines. If if it's something like your, you know, granddaughter's going to be paying for this later on, and, and so forth, you can start to see how Labour will point to the fact that corporation tax that rise is being reversed or not being brought in. The fact that these companies were making bumper profits and saying you are on the side of you know big business. And the, as James says, Liz Truss will want to kind of defend this and say actually you're looking at this the wrong way. I think that could still be uncomfortable for her. Thank you, Katie. Thank you, James. Thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you again later. Uh, and that will require more coffee. We have been struggling with uh, our coffee supply at Spectator this morning. Uh, I think I think Max popped out and bought some some prepped ground coffee. Uh, and yeah, no, it's, it's, it's I think it's quite nice. <laughs> it's crunch time for Liz Truss. Subscribe in our flash sale to mark the announcement of the new Prime Minister and get the next ten weeks of Spectator in print and online for just one pound. There's no commitment. You can cancel at any time. Hurry though, this offer runs for this week only. Go to www.spectator.co.uk slash sale.